Welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast, uh, which is part of Fantasy Basketball International. This is Noah Rubin, and this is episode 48. We're going to be analyzing some trades that have gone down in Dynasty Leagues, uh, whether it's a submission from Twitter or from some of the leagues that I personally play in. And we're just going to break down winners, losers, team direction, things like that. So let's go ahead and get into it. As I said, we're going to be breaking down some trades. I put out a tweet a couple of days ago just asking for people to submit any trades that have gone down recently in any of their leagues. Um, so we're able to get a handful of those, added in a few from Dynasty 30 League that have gone down, uh, which is a Dynasty League featuring 30 fantasy basketball analysts. I mean, kind of self-explanatory there. But um, we will go ahead and I have them – the tweets that they were submitted in just kind of clipped made it pretty easy and we can make sure we don't miss any context here so uh this first one is from dio uh who works for sports ethos or writes for sports ethos um said he's the two seed and i this is actually from the dynasty 30 i will hit some more of those at the end but this one was a submitted one that's from dynasty 30 and he has uh the second best record in the league trading with rhett bauer um who just changed his podcast. It is round ball rhetoric. I guess he changed it a few months ago. It's not recent, but I just wanted to make sure I said it right. Um, and so they made this trade. It was Jaime Jaquez and a first, which will be uh, a late first. It'll be me the number two seed. So I believe based on how this league works, that that'll just be pick 29. Um, I don't remember for sure if, um, the results of the playoffs actually impact that, or if it's like the NBA and it's just based on the regular season standings, but Jaime Jaquez in a late first for Vince Williams and a 2025 second uh, from Rhett's team, which may seem like it'll be an early second. However, Rhett is currently in a rebuild, but I don't think he will be rebuilding next year because he has, Darius Garland, Trey Murphy, Derek Lively, Jaime Jaquez, Asar Thompson, uh, Rob Robert Williams, Patrick Williams, um, Andrew Nimhard, uh, Jade McDaniels, Jarris Walker, a few guys that are definitely Rhett guys. Um, but he also has three firsts this year um, from – let me see if I can figure out – from one other playoff team, and I don't know if the other one is – also a playoff team very well could be but three first this year two first and a second next year and this is added context that i won't have for all of these but i just have this league here so i'm able to see that so um jaime Jaquez is a guy that i think i'm a little higher on than a lot of analysts uh because i'm more in favor of just like maybe guys that aren't as elite at specific categories but are just like really really good basketball players that will be on the floor a lot uh, will have opportunity to produce in other ways even if they don't have elite categorical value whereas a guy like vince williams jr has you know played really well this year but also while playing really well like as a score in an increased role um has been pretty good at getting steals as well i'm um, just like 
past two months, 13.3 points, six rebounds, four and a half assists, 1.2 steals, 1.83s. Um, I don't know if he'll have the same volume of scoring when the team is fully healthy, whereas Jaime Jaquez, his roles this season has probably been pretty similar to what it'll be for the next however many years uh, that he's with the Heat. I mean, could be a little different as it maybe expands, but also he's also been able to have an expanded role at times this season with injuries they've been facing. So I think I'd rather have, even if it is a weaker class, the guaranteed first over what could be an early second. I don't think that's super controversial, but I think, I mean, could just be difference of opinion there, but um, Jaime Jaquez, I have ranked 89th and I have Vince Williams, I believe a little lower from my most recent, Dynasty rankings and Vince Williams, I have at 152. However, I think that for this season, what we've seen is Vince Williams be a slightly better, maybe not even slightly, just a better fantasy asset. I mean, past two months, uh, Basketball Monster has him 87th in nine cat and it has Jaime Hakez 230th, which I think if you're just look, comparing it to over the course of the season, Jaime Hakez is 145. On basketball monster and Vince Williams is 133. So fairly similar, both young guys. Um with Vince Williams being in his second year and Jaime Hawkins being a rookie, but both are 23. So I I like the idea of Rhett getting a you know a first. And actually that may have been the other first that I was talking about. So it is two firsts, and I totally just uh, forgot that he had just gotten this first right here when I was looking at his team. So, um, Hawkes is a guy that I really like, and I also have been very high on Vince Williams. So I think it's a pretty even trade though. I think for the rest of the season, I'd rather have Vince Williams than Hawkes. So I like this trade for both sides because Vince Williams, this may, may not be the best season of his career, but it's the like largest role guaranteed that he'll have. Because next year when Desmond Bain is back and John Moran is back and Marcus Smart is either back or if I don't I I'm not just speculating here if they make a trade to like send him out and bring in somebody else. I don't know. I don't know if Vince Williams starts, whereas Jaime Hawkes has played really well as a rookie and I would assume continues to see a larger role moving forward. We'll see what ends up happening there. But I, I think this is a, a nice win-win move here where Red is able to reload. Um, and I'm assuming he's going to make kind of a push to the playoffs next year. Um, and then Dio is able to get a player that hopefully doesn't get shut down uh, as Memphis kind of gets towards the end of the season. Maybe he needs to improve their lottery odds. Hopefully he'll have Vince Williams for at least the rest of this playoff run. Cause I think that's what makes it pretty even now if Vince Williams gets shut down, which I don't think is a guarantee, but I think it's a chance. Um, then I think Rhett ends up winning this based on team direction and what both team kind both teams kind of need. All right, this one I remember was a little bit of reading here. So we had um, Will who submitted the tweet um, is was looking to make two win now moves. He made two win now moves in a twenty team thirteen category league, and the other categories were added in. Um, field goals made, free throws made, three-point percentage, and they separated offensive rebound and defensive rebounds. Um, 
So the trades, let's see. So the Dame trade was in November, which actually I didn't ever hear back from him because I kind of asked if this was a keeper league, but I'm going to just treat it with what how I think it is because he never responded and said whether this was an official keeper league. But um, Donovan Mitchell and Siakam and a fifth-round pick next year for Scoot, Pajemski, and a second-round pick next year. And then also getting Dame and an 11th-round pick for Case Wallace, Corey Kispert, and a first. Um, so the Dame trade was in November. The Donovan Mitchell-Siakam trade was in December. So I think I'm assuming that things are going well and that this is now a team that is in contention to win the championship. I mean, having Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Siakam. Um, and then it looks like he also had an offer to give up Zion and get Miles Turner in a first. That should be around pick 10. I think that the uh, the rounds are kind of throwing me off with what exactly this looks like. But um, I think having Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, and Siakam is a lot to be able to push for a championship. I'm hoping the rest of the team is able to supplement that in a 20-team league. It really makes this team contending because I think the extra categories may not change a ton based on valuation other than give a nice – boost to like players that take a lot of shots and make a lot of shots because obviously it's the extra field goals made. So you're not just getting a boost for shooting three for four. Like you're also getting the extra boost for making 13 of 27 shots. So that helps a little bit there. So I think um, giving up case and Wallace, Corey Kispert and a first for Dame and 11th, obviously a win now move. Um, and at the time, Corey Kispert and Casey Wallace both had smaller roles. And I think Kispert is making more of a standard league. And this is a 20-team league, but like a redraft impact than Casey Wallace is. Just, but I still really like Casey Wallace for the future. Um, but again, I think when you look at this as a whole, instead of just doing individual value of each trade, acquiring Mitchell, Siakam, and Lillard for Scoot, Pajemski, Casey Wallace, and Corey Kispert, like you have – like you should win a championship. If you win the whole thing, then great. I can't argue with the results. Um, but if you don't, then I think you end up giving up a ton to be able to have a chance. But I mean, I think that's kind of the risk you run every single time you make a win now move. Um, but yeah, I think that there was a good bit to unpack here and yeah, hopefully you're able to get one this year. Cause Based on this, I guess if it is an official keeper league where you're able to keep other guys at certain rounds that make the lack of a round one and round two pick look better, then I think then this is fine. Um, but obviously losing out on a first and a second next year makes it pretty difficult to try and compete next season. But I guess it depends on the keepers and everything. So we'll move to the next one. I've been offered this package for Anthony Davis in a 12-team points league. The pick will probably be top four, but it's a far way away. I kind of need Anthony Davis to potentially win the league, but it's now the best time to sell high. Um, I think so it's 12-team points league. It's on sleeper, um, so you're locking in just one game a week. Um, so the – I mean, Anthony Davis isn't missing games like he was last season, so I don't think that really impacts a ton – you're just choosing one game so it's not like if he's sitting all the back-to-backs 
oh, you're losing out on games there. It's just one game a week. Um, I think that this is like it's a, it's a hefty package for AD. Um, in my dynasty rankings, I have Cade obviously pretty high. I have him 12th, and I have Anthony Davis at 20. Now these are category leagues. However, I mean both guys are pretty good in category leagues. Aren't just better in points leagues. They're significantly worse in points leagues either way. Adding in Austin Reeves, adding in Dante Divincenzo, and a 12-team points league is eh. Um, especially just one game. We I mean Divincenzo has been awesome. But I think when you're looking at guys like AD and Cade, it's not just absolutely swinging the trade one way. However, getting in the 2025 first, it could be a top four pick in what's supposed to be a better class than this year. Um, it's a, it, it is a, a good bit away in the sense that you know, you'll go through the rest of the season and next season before you get the chance to even use that pick. But if it's supposed to be really early, which a lot of things can change, um, you know, that could end up being a guy like a Cooper flag. That's another, I don't want to say like just generational prospect because we feel like that gets thrown out a good bit, but a guy that's supposed to be really freaking good. So I think if you really feel good about your chances of winning this championship with Anthony Davis, then keep him. Even if it is a really really good package for him. However, if you think, okay, if I keep AD, then maybe I have a chance to win, but I don't feel good about it. There's two teams, three teams that are either better than me um, or like around the same level. Like I don't feel great about it. Then I have no issue accepting the trade. Um, I mean, Cade, I think is only going to get better. He's already been really good this year. And that 2025 first could end up being worth a good bit. So yeah, I, it's all about team direction, I guess, here. But if he says you need Anthony Davis, I mean, kind of needing AD to potentially win the league makes me think that, you know, it's not a guarantee. Um, but obviously, you have a much better chance to win with AD than without him. So if you think you can win, I say keep him. But if not, definitely do this trade. It's a really good package. All right, 12-team, nine-category, 18 players rostered with three minors and four players on IR. Team A, who's barely in first place, win-now team, a little bit older, uh, gets Shangun, Scotty Barnes, P.J. Washington in a 2024 second. And Team B, that's fifth place, a younger team, has Chet and Wemby, shout-out, gets Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, Walker Kessler, a late 2024 first, and what is assumed to be a late 2025 first. So um, we'll start with, I'll just kind of look at the dynasty values as far as why I have everybody ranked. So earliest would be Joel Embiid is 16. No, excuse me. Scotty Barnes at 13. I have Shangun at 15 and beat at 16. And then I have Steph at 35. Walker Kessler at 53. And PJ Washington, I think a good bit down there at 121. So I think just looking at the the players, it I mean, you're getting the two best players in the trade and the worst player in the trade by my dynasty rankings. I know everybody's rankings are gonna be different. How teams value players is all different. I'm just saying, just based off mine, um, for Embiid and Steph, two kind of aging stars. Um and Walker Kessler, who I think I'm a little lower on now, just and a lot of it does have to do with his situation. 
just because the minutes have been iffy, whether he's starting or not has been iffy, just very inconsistent. I assume within a couple of years when they feel they're ready to compete truly that he'll be starting consistently and playing close to 30 minutes per game. However, dynasty rankings also have to take into account what the player is doing this year or next year. So that's why I'm a little lower on him, but I still really like his talent. Um, I think team a getting rid of Embiid um, when you're trying to push for a championship is smart. And I think that there's a handful of trades like that that are in this uh, slideshow here. So just because, you know, by the time MB gets back, it's probably going to be after the fantasy playoffs in most leagues, especially if you aren't going through the end of the regular season, which shouldn't be just based on the way the NBA is like it, it doesn't make as much sense. It's not as much fun to try and play your championship with, you know, half the guys you drafted just sitting out to get ready for the playoffs or to help the team's lottery odds. And you're having to play, guys you didn't know play professional basketball at the beginning of the season to try and win you a championship. Maybe you have fun doing that. That's totally fine. However, I think especially in the dynasty league, that's not really what you're going for. So, um, Shingun and Scotty Barnes, I think are guys that are going to help win now. And PJ Washington, I think as well. Um, Walker Kessler is probably a year or two away from being truly dominant in fantasy. Embiid should be back next year, I would assume, though moving forward, we don't really know how much the, another knee injury is going to impact him. And then getting rid of Steph is actually like, I don't know, kind of strange to me for a team that is a little bit older, but getting younger does make sense. They're extending their window a little bit, um, even if they are giving up a guy that would help them win a championship this year. Obviously getting guys back, and overall I think for redraft purposes or winning this year purposes, having Shingu and Scotty Barnes and PJ Washington would be a better team than Embiid, Steph and Walker Kessler based off uh, minutes allocation for Kessler and the injury for Embiid. So I think it's honestly, like I, I kind of like this trade for both teams because um, team a that is barely in first place gets a little younger, but also pretty much helps their team improve and have a better chance to win this season but the team that's in fifth place, I think this is kind of a retooling situation where I don't feel like that happens often. And maybe it, it does happen more often in leagues that I'm not in. I just haven't used that strategy much. Um, but I think, you know, knowing you have Chet and Wemby and you have Shingu and Scotty Barnes, like, wow, like that's a heck of a team. I think when I'm managing a team, I'm more inclined to, just continue to ride it out with them because that's based on the way I have them ranked for top 15 players. And I'd rather just hold on to them. However, looking at, you know, a chance to maybe win next season, this is a good move because then you're going to have Ch Chet and Wemby one, like you should, I mean, already this season, both of the guys have been crazy good. And I think next year they're only going to get better. And then adding in Embiid and, and Steph next year, and then Kessler as he continues to get better, like, there's no reason for that team to ever lose blocks. Like that would be insane if they ever did. Um, also getting two firsts in there later first fine, but two first round picks in a row could either swing those to another team to get in better players or just draft. Well, I mean, if you have Chet and Wemby, I'm assuming you've gone through some sort of rebuild uh, and had to draft them. So you used to drafting players and can maybe draft a little bit better. Um, 
but it's a nice retool reload. Okay. You're in fifth place. Not going to try and make a run this year, but next year should be a title favorite. And I don't dislike, I, I think it ends up working out well for both teams. And this is a different league also from Levine Cuisine. And this is another example of a retool. And I think this one may argue, arguably be a little bit better. Um, so it's Embiid and a late first. I'm assuming from this third place team, it's their first because the 1620 makes sense. Um, and then Laurie Markinen, who I have ranked 24th, and Jaime Jaquez, like I said earlier, ranked 89th. Um, I don't really know how I feel about the pick 16 to 20 first this year, like how much that's going to really be able to compare to Jaquez. Like, I don't think that that is going to be a better player than Jaime Jaquez. Now, based on the way the NBA draft shakes out or based on the way that this specific league's draft shakes out or your specific league's draft shakes out, um, that could change a lot. There could be a player that slips in the draft, um, that ends up slipping in your fantasy rookie draft because for whatever reason, a number of reasons, it could be that a player gets drafted in the twenties to a really good situation and is able to see minutes as a rookie. And like those kinds of things like happen, um, that it's hard to predict at this point. Um, but I think looking at the players, like scouting the ones that I have, um, I think that there will be, solid players there i think honestly not to i'm not going to compare anybody directly to jaime Jaquez, but i think that there's going to be more players that are able to fill a role and play really well either early on or just like eventually be like really good players as opposed to last year and, and like some previous seasons where there were some surefire like stars like i think all five guys that were drafted in the top the first five picks at least in this past season are all guys that are going to go and be stars there may not be as many stars in this draft, but I think that a lot of guys that are going to be able to be really good. And I think that that's what this pick could end up being kind of like a Jaime Jaquez, a guy who doesn't have a super high ceiling, but has a pretty high floor. So I think that is a situation that we could be looking at with this draft. So, but again, team A is getting help now. Team B, ninth place ready to reload and try and compete next season gets Embiid, who is the best player in this trade. Um, hopefully he's healthy. I think that's going to end up being the difference. If he can get back to playing how he has been this year and just say like he plays most of the games, but misses back to backs in a couple other games here and there. He plays 60, 65 games next year. I mean, almost say 60. Um, then I think this is a good trade. If he's still playing at the level that he did this season. All right, next one, 10-man lock-in points. I'm assuming that means it's on sleeper. Traded DeJounte Murray, Jalen Williams, and a 2025 first, and Jimmy Butler for Kobe White, John Morant, Drew Holiday, and a 2026 first. So I'm going to – I don't – because everybody's points rankings are obviously different. I'm just going to look at Yahoo's points rankings. Um, just to make this a little bit easier for me to look at. Actually, yeah, Yahoo's points ranking. So, because we'll just look at this season's production um, off the top of my head. I don't play in as many points leagues. Um, I don't even have any points dynasty leagues. But 
especially because we don't really know the scoring. I'm just going to go based off Yahoo redraft. So this season, I mean, John Morant's the best player in this trade, in my opinion, um, in a points league. Jimmy Butler has been 37th in points leagues this year. DeJounte Murray, 38. Um, Jalen Williams. Actually, we'll go try to find where he's even ranked. Drew Holiday is 87th. We're going to just search it and make it a little easier. Kobe White is 68th. I just scrolled right past him. Uh, and then Jalen Williams is 63rd. So I just scrolled past everybody. So I think – so three players in a, in a first or three players in a first. Giving up DeJounte Murray, Jalen Williams, and Jimmy Butler is a lot. And especially getting an even later first back. But I, I like John Morant and I like Kobe White especially in points leagues. If both those guys are like more in points leagues than um, category leagues, Drew Holiday, I'm not a huge fan of for fantasy really in either format. Um, and that's more just like how I look at it. Not necessarily that they don't have value or anything like that. Um, or that he doesn't have value. DeJounte is going to be really good for the rest of the season. So if you're not trying to win this year and trying to win in the future, giving up DeJounte Murray and getting back John Moran, I think ends up being a really good move. Um, I think if you're trying to win now, then this trade probably doesn't end up helping a ton, especially because I think based on what we kind of, I don't know, I guess like the narrative around Jimmy Butler is that it's almost time for him to lock in and get the team ready for the playoffs. And the, so the production will be there a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think, if I'm trying to win now, then the first package is what I'm interested in. Um, but if I'm kind of in a rebuild or just not doing well this year, then I have no problem trading away like an aging Jimmy Butler, um, DeJounte Murray, who is going to be really good for the rest of this season. But in the future, he's either going to be still in Atlanta playing alongside Trey Young or traded well, so limited playing alongside Trey Young, traded somewhere that I'm assuming he's gonna be pretty limited. Like it's not gonna be the San Antonio level production, or the third scenario, which honestly I I think is the least likely, um, is that they the Hawks trade Trey Young and have Dejounte Murray at point guard moving forward. I'm not saying it's impossible. I just think that's the least likely scenario. That would be the best scenario for him. But I think again, getting John Morant, the best player in this deal, I think I like that, especially if you're not able to win now this year. All right. So a handful of trades have gone down in this league. Miles Bridges for Cam Whitmore and Taylor Hendricks, obviously packaged to a rebuilding team. So I think, yeah, getting Cam Whitmore and Taylor Hendricks for Miles Bridges, it's very much a, a good trade for a team that is trying to win now to get Miles Bridges and a, team that is rebuilding to get Cam Whitmore and Taylor Hendricks. I think that works out really well. Um, let me pull up my rankings again. I have Miles Bridges ranked 69th, and then I have Whitmore 122 and Hendricks 116. Both those guys will like move up as they play more games. I, I'm not going to have them ranked top 
50 or anything like that, but both of them have that upside where they, they can just totally shoot up dynasty rankings. Um, once they take on larger roles and play more games and develop uh, miles bridges has been really good in Charlotte. I think if he resigns there, that he'll continue to be good in the future. Like there's no reason to think that his play is going to drop. It does worry me if he ends up signing elsewhere. Um, now that he's able to like when he's able to get paid again, because obviously the, like, I guess vetoed any potential trades at the deadline this year. So he could stay in Charlotte. In my opinion, that it was to stay in Charlotte and put up numbers so he can earn money this upcoming summer. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to stay in Charlotte, but I'm assuming that if a team is going to pay him a lot of money, it's going to be to a team where he's going to be able to produce. Um, So I'm not too worried about him on the court, strictly on the court stuff. I don't want to just like continue to talk about the off the court stuff that I think everybody already knows and has their own opinions on. Um, And I'll just say, I don't have him on any of my teams. I don't plan to have him on any of my teams regardless. So, but that's just a personal thing, like personal choice. So whatever, teach his own. Uh, Jalen Williams for Evan Mobley. Um, I have Evan Mobley ranked 14th. I have Jalen Williams 31st. Um, I guess Jalen Williams is a, a win now move, I guess. Um, but there's no way I wouldn't rather have Evan Mobley. Um, so rebuilding win now, either way, I'd rather have Evan Mobley than Jalen Williams. Um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. If you are good with, I don't know if you really need steals or something like that to the point where you really want Jalen Williams, that's fine. Um, and if it's a win now move, I guess, but I think long-term Evan Mobley, I think I have him 14 that I've gone down on him recently. Um, just trying to be more realistic, but I'm really high on him. I think he's going to be really, really freaking good. Um, Tyler here on a second for Jairus Walker, Anthony Black, and Casey Wallace uh, with a rebuilding team, obviously getting the three rookies and a win now team getting hero in a second. Um, I think it's a lot to give up uh, for Tyler hero. Um, I think that if you're in a win now scenario, feel like really good about winning a championship this year, then that's fine to make the move to kind of guarantee yourself the, the ring. But if you don't get a ring, then I think you lose the trade getting, you know, or giving up three guys that all went in the top 10 of this past draft in a talented draft, three guys that I think have a lot of fantasy upside, especially in category leagues. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot to give up. So if, if you don't get a ring, I don't feel good about that trade at all. Um, next one, Carl Anthony Towns and Karis LeVert for Joel Embiid with um, with a package to a contender. Uh, so Cat and LeVert to a contender for Embiid. Again, this is a nice move for a team that may be retooling is to get Joel Embiid right now when you're not trying to win a championship in the hopes that next season you can. Um, and then a win now team giving up Embiid, who's going to be sitting on the bench for Cat and Karis LeVert. Obviously, both those guys are going to be more helpful than Embiid is for the fantasy playoffs, so I like it. All right, and now we have um, a couple of the trades from the Dynasty 30, and I'm going to go ahead and pull up the standings next to me so that I can um, 
be able to include the information there from that um, with what these trades look like. So um, first one, the blockbuster was Dio uh, again from Sports Ethos uh, to the great Ryan Canals. They swapped seconds. Blockbuster trade here. Um, I don't even know how to analyze it. So many moving parts here, but just, just fun to see trades like that go down. Um, this next one, we had uh, Mike Waterloo. And actually, I cut off who got what. So I'm going to actually pull that back up over here. Um, so Michael Waterloo got Trey Jones and a first for Colin Sexton and Chris Dunn. And then Shake Milton was a drop um, from Sam and Saris. Um, and so let's see. Colin Sexton is a guy that I've been a good bit higher on. I really like what he's done this season. I don't think that this is just like a, a one-off scenario of him just having a really good year. Um, excited to see what he can do moving forward. Chris Dunn is a solid player, but not a guy that has like a ton of upside or anything like that. Um, and then getting back Trey Jones, who – is solid. I don't think he's the point guard of the future in San Antonio, but he's the best point guard they have now. And I'm assuming, I don't know, he's going to be yeah, pretty good moving forward. Not a guy I'm super high on, but, um, and a late-ish first. So right now, Sam and Harris is 10th in the standings. Our playoffs started yesterday, so um, could be a first-round exit there. And then Waterloo was 28. So he has the third-best lottery odds right now. Um, so getting the extra first for Colin Sexton and Chris Dunn, I like. Um, I have Sexton ranked a hundredth and then I have Trey Jones ranked 140. And then I have Chris Dunn way down there. I have Chris Dunn at 248. So would definitely take uh, the first, obviously a lot a lot more value there from the first than Chris Dunn. Um, as long as it ends up being a good pick, but I'm assuming around pick 20 there. Um, and then, you know, I probably, I, I value Sexton more than Trey Jones. I think the first is enough for this to make sense for me. Um, but I think at the same time, like Sexton and Chris Dunn is a win now move. Uh, Sam and is in playoffs, Waterloo's not. Fine by me uh, for this to be kind of a, a win now move for Sam and Saris and for Mike Waterloo to do a little bit of a rebuild um, by getting back the first. That's what I think the main thing is. Trey Jones is a guy, I think it's just, he's interesting because he's so young, but at the same time, like I don't think he's the point guard of the future for the Spurs and it wouldn't shock me if they drafted one with one of their early firsts this year. So I think it's the hope that either who they draft is somebody that's more of a development project that Trey Jones starts next season, or they just don't end up drafting a point guard. But I think whether it's the draft free agency or trade, there's going to be a better point guard in San Antonio next year. Um, just with the idea of having a point guard for Victor Wimbanyama. So I think the only way that this, not the only way, but I think a way this works out really well for Waterloo is uh, Trey Jones starting again next season. Then we have Mike Barner and Mark C. Uh, Mike Barner being from Roto Wire and Mark C. being from Sports Ethos, being their dynasty guy. Um, 
let's see. And I just said, so Mark got um, Mike Barner's second, and Mike Barner is currently 20th in the standings and missed out on the playoffs. Um, and that's obviously the 2025 second, not this year. So it could end up being totally different in the standings. And Tyus Jones, who I have, I believe, pretty similarly, I think 138. Um, for DeAndre Hunter, who I have at 177, who has been playing well recently. I think it's a nice win now piece. Um, for uh, DeAndre Hunter and the 2024 first from Jared Johnson, uh, who is 11th. And is also great. I know I said the great Ryan Canales earlier. Jared Johnson's also great. All, all these people on this page are great. Um, and so Jared is 11th. So that is going to be kind of a, a round pick 20 once again. Um, so getting Tyus Jones in a second next year for DeAndre Hunter and a first this year. I think this one's kind of interesting. because So Mark just missed out on the playoffs and he got – Tyus Jones and a second, um, who I think Tyus Jones, just like his brother, I don't know if he starts next year. He was awesome this year and has been, is going to continue to be. So it, it kind of feels like, dang, like Mike Barner probably could have used him. No, excuse me. Both these teams missed the playoffs, so never mind. Um, so, yeah. Uh, getting DeAndre Hunter in a first, I, I like that with the, I, I mean, even if it's kind of a later first, not huge on DeAndre Hunter in category leagues, but I think he still does have a little bit of upside there, but I think he's a guy that's just pretty solid in points leagues, not great in category leagues. Cause even though he's considered a really good defender, he doesn't really make defensive plays, get steals, get blocks often. Um, hopefully Tyus Jones starts again next year somewhere. Um, and I think based on the season that he's had, that's seeming more likely than necessarily like he did at the beginning of the season. Um, so I, I think this one ends up being fairly even. I think a lot of it kind of depends on who that first round pick ends up being um, and how they pan out, which obviously with a lot of these trades, we won't know who actually won until years down the road. But um, since both these teams won't be playing again until next season, um, having in the extra first to bring in now, I think is pretty helpful. Um, and this last one, Mike Waterloo made another trade to get Gigi Jackson and Benedict Mathrin for Jairus Walker and Andrew Nimhard with Red Bauer. And just a reminder that these are teams 27 and 28 in the standings, so it's not going to impact anything this season. Um, and so Rhett got two pacers and gave up a pacer, and Mike got a Grizzly, and he's a Grizzlies fan, so that's cool. And Rhett's a Pacers fan, so it's just – I thought this one was kind of funny, just saying that that was uh, those were what the trades ended up being, um, and the fact that Rhett gave up a pacer, like he gave up one to get two. I think that was I don't know, I don't know, pretty interesting. Um, but I can just where I have these players ranked, um, I have. Oops, let's see. Mather and I have 87th, and I don't feel great about that. I feel like that needs to be trending down. These are from my latest rankings, which were post-trade deadlines. They're not that old. Um, Gigi Jackson, I have 190th, and that's definitely trending up. 
Jairus Walker, I have 117. And Will trend up at some point. Like He's a guy that's going to go up. And then Nimhart at 167, which I feel pretty good about. Um, but, yeah, I think it's uh, just a bunch of young guys getting traded. Um, I think based off the numbers that I have currently ranked, and ends up being even with Mike Waterloo getting the the best and worst based on my dynasty rankings uh, players in this trade. So, yeah, both teams kind of reloading with young guys that should help them be better next season. I already looked at Rhett's team and could tell you that he was planning to be a little better next season. Let's see. Excuse me. Mike has two firsts next year. Oh, he also has Wemby and Cade. So Mike's going to be better next year too. <laughs> Goodness, this is making my team, I feel like I need to make some moves. I have um, only my first this year, and really my only guy is Evan Mobley. I don't feel really great about the rest of my team. Um, I have guys I took in the first last year. I have Anthony Black. I have Kobe Bufkin um, and Bryce Sensible. And then I have first next year, or this upcoming draft. And then I have four first the year after that. And I think that's going to be kind of when I'm like, okay, like hopefully I'm able to draft really well then and then be good after that. But this is a, a long, slow rebuild um, in the Dynasty 30. So hopefully that one ends up working out. But um, that's all the trades that I have to look at. I'm going to hopefully be able to do more of these Dynasty Q&A style things over the summer when there's a lot more time. Um, and hopefully like because the season's not going on. So it gives me more time to analyze things. And again, draft content is coming slowly, but surely. Um, but yeah, it's staying busy right now. We have, oh gosh, less than a month left of the fantasy season. And then about a month and a half left of the regular season for the NBA playoffs start. So it's exciting times. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at FBI basketball. You can follow me at Noah Rubin 22. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Tank Mulator podcast. So thanks for joining me for this one, and I will see you next time. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.